This is Ryan from Out of Game, and welcome to my top 10 most anticipated games of Gen Con 2017. Now, I've never done a list like this, but for some reason this year, I've just been researching and watching reviews on a lot of the games that are coming out. Not that I'm even going to buy any of, the, any of them at Gen Con, but and just getting excited about the games that are being released this year. And figured since I already had a list, why not sit down and record a top 10 most anticipated games? Because I thought maybe one or two of you might want to know what games I kind of have my eye on for Gen Con 2017. So uh, without any further ado, let me just get started. Number 10. My number 10 game that I'm anticipating for Gen Con this year is the game Whistle Stop. This is by Bezier Games, designed by Scott Caputo. And, you know, this is a train game, and I've tried some other train games before, and I think the reason I'm interested in this game is I've been kind of on the lookout for a good train game, and I've never, I, I still have yet to find one that was worth, at least, was it worth me buying or keeping? So I did try Age of Steam, and I'm talking about heavier, uh, not heavier, but heavier than Ticket to Ride type train games. And uh, particularly what I'm thinking of is kind of the Age of Steam series and games like that. And I tried Age of Steam and I didn't really like that. I actually ended up um, uh, getting rid of that game. And, you know, the the whole Steam and Railways of the World, since those are built off the same engine, those have never really interested me after trying Age of Steam. And then last year a game came out called Via Nebula, which wasn't a train game, but it was designed by Martin Wallace and was supposedly uh, using... Uh, it was a simplified version of his train games. And I liked that one, but I don't know. It still didn't capture me. Well, this one I'm hoping might fill that gap in my collection of a train game that I'm interested in. Uh, it has tile laying. It has set collection as pick up and deliver. It has stocks, which I really like. It has an action point system. So I'm interested in this one. And apparently I'm not the only one. This is one of the top games on the on the Geek Buzz or whatever you call it uh, from the Gen Con uh, 2017 preview on board game geek so uh whistle stop i'm looking forward to this one i even heard it it reminded someone of suburbia which is a really good game that i like so uh just kind of hoping that this will finally be that train game i've been looking for so number 10 whistle stop number nine Number nine for me uh, for Gen Con is Cities of Splendor. Now, this is an expansion for the game Splendor, which is a game that I have in my collection and I love. In fact, it's probably my number one gateway game. It's between that and Ticket to Ride, but for actually bringing people into the hobby, uh, Splendor has been the game that I've had the most success with, just introducing it to people who have never played any other game, any other you know designer board game, and they've gone out and bought it. And that, that's happened... Almost every time I've shown this game to some people. So Cities of Splendor, all it really is, it's a modular, modular, four modular expansions for Splendor. None of them add a ton of rules. They just add little variations to the game to give it a little more meat, which I think Splendor needs. Uh, just, you know, sometimes it can feel a bit dry just, you know, buying cards and trying to get 15 points. And this adds a little bit of variety that you could mix in. And it just, it looks like the type of expansion that I like. Not a lot of additional rules, not, not adding a lot of bloat to the game, but just making the game more interesting, especially if you're using this as a gateway game, but you want to maybe play it with your, your gamer friends sometimes, 
uh, just adding these expansions to the game just might make it a little bit more interesting for for those of us that are gamers and have played a lot of games. So, Cities of Splendor uh, by Mark Andre, Space Cowboys. Looking forward to picking this one up. My number nine. Number eight. Number eight for me is a game called Fantasy Realms. This is a card drafting set collection game by Bruce Glasgow and WizKids. And at first glance, if you look at the cover of this game, it's it's not really grabbing me. And I and I I think I I don't even know what made me uh, look into this game. But I I looked at um, I watched some reviews of the game. And one thing that I'm really interested in about this game is it's a card game, uh, like I said, when drafting, which is one of my favorite mechanisms. But every single card in the game is unique, and not just like a little bit unique very unique and i guess there's multiple suits of cards and there's combos that you can make not just within the same suit but across suits and there's only 50 something cards in the game but every game plays differently and i don't know it just seems like a very interesting card game to me and i, and I don't typically like just straight up card games but this one has really caught my interest. You know, when I'm trying to add game, when I'm looking at games these days to add to my collection, I'm really looking for games that are unique and stand out and aren't like anything that I have in my collection currently. Because frankly, I'm running out of space on my shelves and I don't want to have a bunch of repeats of the same game. And I don't think I have a game that's anything like this uh, based on uh, just what I've seen of the game. So I'm very interested in it. It looks like it's a smallish game, so the price point is probably pretty low. I think it's MSRP of $20. So Fantasy Realms is one that I have my eye on and I am really hoping that it's as good as it looks um, from what I've seen. So anyways, my number eight, Fantasy Realms. Number seven. Number seven for me is a game called Downforce. And this is a racing game by Rob Davio, Justin Jacobson, and Wolfgang Kramer, uh, of all people. And it's published by Restoration Games. And I'm sure you've heard by now, if you listen to other podcasts, but Restoration Games, they're, what they're doing is they're bringing back old games. This is a re-implementation of a game that I've never played. I can't remember what it's called. I don't really care. I've looked at re- reviews of this one, too. It looks really fun, and I, you know, a race racing games are another one of those kind of voids in my collection. I, I have a couple that I've tried, so I have Snow Tails, which I actually own and like. I never really liked Formula D, and this just looks like what Formula D didn't do for me. Formula D was just way too random. I, I guess if you, the only way the only way I like Formula D is if you're just playing the side where you're the, the very basic side where it's just random luck and fun and you're not trying to take it too seriously. This one looks a bit more strategic. You're actually choosing cards, you're bidding on cards that allow you to move all the cars on the track and it just looks like a a little more maybe more tactical and interesting game than any of the other kind of car racing games that I've seen. And I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things about this, that it's just a fun game. And I think for a racing game, that's what I want. I want a fun tactical game where it feels like my decisions mattered and I'm not just rolling dice and it's not just a big luck fest. And this looks like it might fit the bill. So I'm, I've got my eye on this one. I, I think it looks like it's going to be a fun game and uh, looking forward to picking this one up. And that is Downforce, my number seven. Number six. Number six for me is Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. And this is a cooperative game, and I just need to kind of come clean here. I don't know if it, coming clean is the right word, but 
I've come to the realization that I perhaps don't hate cooperative games the way I thought I did. In fact, I'm actually coming to the realization that I'm actually very interested in a lot of cooperative games these days. Maybe not so much the ones that are more puzzly and have alpha gamers, but games like Mysterium, Time Stories, and then this one called Professor Evil in the Citadel of Time just looks like a fun, interesting cooperative game where the the theme is great. So this Professor Evil has gone around the world um, stealing all these artifacts, and you're breaking into his citadel to try to get the artifacts back from him. And you're, like I said, you're, you're working cooperatively. The artwork looks great. And I wasn't, my eye wasn't really on this until I just saw a bunch of, a bunch of other reviewers uh, had this on their list. And then I, so I went and looked into it a bit more and I don't know, maybe the name was throwing me off. I, I, a lot of people like the name for some reason, the name for me, I just got images of like very tacky B movie, James Bondish type stuff. I don't know why. So I don't know if the name's really doing it for me, but if then if then I looked at the the art though and the the components and just looking more into the game, it just looks like a a really fun theme with interesting mechanisms, cooperative game, and uh, it just bumped it way up my list after after seeing reviews of this one. So uh, Professor Evil in the Citadel of Time. From Fun Forge, designed by Matthew Dunson and Brett J. Gilbert, uh, looks like, again, another great game coming out this year at Gen Con. My number six. Number five. Number five for me is Codenames Duet. Now, when this was first announced, it was being touted as a two-player version of Codenames. And I would say that it's probably the primary way you should play this game. But it is listed as a two to four player game, which I find quite interesting. (laughs) What's even more interesting about this one is the changes they've made to the game where essentially you are a clue giver and a guesser the entire game. I, you know, every time I play code names, I always pretty much always want to be the clue giver. And people are kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems to me like most people like to be the clue giver more than the guesser. Well, this game, you get to be both the entire game. And I think that is great. And it's really interesting the way they they design this, where there's three assassins, but so you and the person across from you, just let's just assume you're playing a two-player game so you and the person across from you are both looking at the same card you know the front end i'm looking at one side of it they're looking at the other side and there's three assassins on my side and there's three assassins on the other person's side but what's interesting is two of the assassins that i'm seeing on my side on the other person's side are actually words i need to guess and only one of the assassins is is the same on both sides and i know that's hard to picture I recommend going out and watching a video review to this of this to to understand um, what I what I'm trying to say here. But basically, if they guess one of those assassins that I'm seeing, then the game's over and we lose. But that same word on their side isn't an assassin and I would need to guess it. So I have to be careful because sometimes they're giving a they might be giving a clue and I'm like, uh, do I want to guess that because I see it's an assassin. Is that the one that's on both sides? And you know there's that's interesting. And then there's also um, some of the clues themselves cross over on both sides. Some of them don't. The main reason I'm interested in this game is not so much to play with my group, but it's to play with my wife because she likes to play code names. Even though English is uh, her second language, she still loves being the clue giver more than anything else. And I think it would be fun to just sit down with her and play this game. I, you know, I know the way she thinks. She knows the way I think. I, I think it would be just a really fun game to play uh, with her. And I think other people would really enjoy uh, maybe playing this with their 
significant others or gaming partners or, or whatever. So Codenames Duet, it says two to four players. I'm thinking it's probably more of a two-player game. Looking forward to probably picking, actually picking this one up at Gen Con. A lot of the other games I'm saying, oh, I'm going to pick it up. I don't necessarily mean I'm picking it up at Gen Con because I don't know that I want to pay full price for these. Plus, I'm trying to get my magic number down. But Codenames Duet, I'm probably going to pick up at the convention because I'm just that interested in bringing this one home. So that's my number five, Codenames Duet. Number four. Number four for me is another cooperative game called Mountains of Madness. This one is designed by Rob Davio. And when you look at the cover of this game, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's being produced by Yellow, you look at the cover, it looks like this serious Cthulhu game. <laughs> but then looking more into the game, what you find out is, yeah, there is a, a kind of serious cooperative game going on where you're trying to, you know, fulfill certain objectives. But during the game, you're taking madness. And when you take madness, you actually have to act like a crazy person. <laughs> so they'll, when, when you have madness, you'll, you'll get these madness cards or, or some form. I, I'm guessing it's a card that will tell you, okay, from now on, you have to put your finger under your nose like a mustache when you're talking. Or from now on, you're not allowed to use verbs when you speak. Or... Uh, you can't speak unless someone speaks to you. So madness actually makes you act crazy in this game while you're still trying to fulfill the objectives of this cooperative game. As you can probably guess, as the game goes on, it just gets kind of sillier and sillier, yet you're still trying to beat the game. This might be a turnoff to some people, but I... I don't know. I think this sounds hilarious and I want to give it a try. And the artwork is amazing. This is one of the best box covers I've ever seen on a game. And uh, so Mountains of Madness, it looks serious. sounds like it's kind of half serious, half silly, uh, but not overly silly. And for that reason, I'm very interested in this because I have nothing like this in my collection. And and like I said, I want to find unique games, and this sounds like a very unique game. So my number four, Mountains of Madness. Number three. Number three for me is a game called Ex Libris, and this is a card drafting set collection game designed by Adam MacGyver. Adam MacGyver. This has got to be good. And it's by Renegade Game Studios. I think what caught my eye about this game first is the artwork. It has kind of this whimsical fantasy artwork that i think is is beautiful artwork and the theme of the game is actually trying to become the grand librarian and it's all based around this library collecting library books and one of my favorite games um uh, that i own is a game called biblios which is a similar theme but this is more i I guess a little less serious of a of a library theme if i can say such a thing it's kind of weird thing to say but anyways ex libris it's a worker placement and card drafting set collection those are like three of my favorite mechanisms and renegade game studios i think this is another reason i'm i'm interested in this is it's by renegade and i just lately every game they've been making has been really good or looked really fun and this is this is no different and maybe i don't know a ton about this one compared to some of the other ones but when i was watching uh, reviews of it and just looking into it i don't know sometimes maybe you've had this experience where you just look at a game just knowing a little bit about the game is enough to kind of get you excited about it. And this is one that just jumped out at me once I once I saw it. I, once I got past the title, I didn't understand what. Just looking at a list of names, I wouldn't have any idea what this game was about. Uh, but then seeing the box cover and reading about it, it jumped out at me. And it's one of the ones that I kind of can't stop thinking about, and I'm really 
anticipating trying to trying to get this game played. So this is Ex Libris, my number three most anticipated game. Uh, looks like a great game, and I can't wait to try it out. Number two. Number two for me is a game called Photosynthesis. This is by Blue Orange Games and is designed by Jalmer Hawk. Sorry, Jalmer, if I said your name wrong. Uh, I tried my best. And it's kind of funny because the category for this game, if you look on BDG, is environmental. So that does not sound fun, right? Well, if you look at this game, again, with the gorgeous box covers, just amazing artwork. And not just the artwork itself, but the components look great too. So it's kind of like Colt Express, where you have 3D components that are made with cardboard. And in this case, they're trees. The main mechanism in this game is you're, you're trying to grow trees. And it looks pretty pretty abstract. And even listening to myself explaining it right now, it kind of sounds boring, but it just, I would advise you to just go look at the the pictures of this game, watch a review of it, a video review, just to see how this game looks. So you're growing trees. And what's interesting is there's a sun rotating around the board and there's this giant piece that looks like the sun that you're moving around the board each round and where if it shines on your trees that's good for you but if your trees are blocking another player's trees which you can intentionally do then they won't get points for their trees but if their trees are taller than yours and they're behind yours they will get points so it's very i heard it described as a very thematic abstract and i love games where the mechanisms you're using in the game make sense because the theme explains them and this looks like a game where the mechanisms tie in so well with the theme that you'll never forget how to play the game because everything just makes sense and blue orange games you know they release good kind of medium weight games i guess you could say they're family games it may be a little heavier than most family games and that i'm finding tends to be my favorite style of game So I really have my eye on this one. The only reason this isn't number one, this was number one on my list for a while. The only reason it isn't number one is I heard watching, actually watching the Game Boy Geek, uh, Dan King's review of the game, that this game is very strategic in that you have to think ahead multiple turns. And I tend to not do well in games in games like that. I tend to do better in games that are more tactical. So this was number one on my list. That bumped it down to number two just because I'm a little worried that I might not be very good at this game. But I'm still more excited about this game than almost every other game releasing at Gen Con. Uh, and that's Photosynthesis, my number two. Number one. My number one most anticipated game of Gen Con 2017 is Century Golem Edition. Now, you might have been thinking I was going to say Century Spice Road. And I admit that I am also interested in Century Spice Road. But when this game was first announced as Caravan, which I think was in 2015, when they were going to have two versions of the game, kind of the spice typical Euro theme, and then this fantasy Golem theme, which I don't remember what they were calling it back then. But then when it was re-announced as Century, they were only releasing it with the Spice. So when they announced that they are releasing this Golem edition, which is back to the fantasy theme, I was more interested in the game than I was before. And this looks like a really fun game, very similar to Splendor, but maybe a little more meaty than Splendor, where you're you're getting cards that help you (laughs) convert gems to other colored gems and then basically convert all that to points. And one thing that makes me interested in this game is the turns are supposedly very quick, where you take your turn, you do your combos, and I love combos in games. So you do your combos, and everyone takes their turns, and then it's back around to you again. And not only that, but they're... 
they've made the components great in this game, especially the the Golem edition. They they have gems. I think the the other version just has cubes, but there's actually little gems. They give you bowls to put the the gems in, and that's the same in the Spice Road edition. They have little wooden bowls that they look like wood at least. In this one, they're like white plastic bowls. But I wish more companies would just give you bowls for your components in the box. I mean, why not? It makes it easier for someone like me who's always trying to find uh, ways to organize their game. But all that aside, it just looks like the gameplay in this game is very fun. And again, with card drafting, I love card drafting. Now, it does list this as a deck building game, which would maybe throw me off initially without looking into the game. But after looking into it, it seems more like a tableau building game than a deck building game. Uh, And I love tableau building games. So Century Golem Edition, and this is a limited release uh, where you can only buy it at either conventions or ordering directly from Plan B Games. So um, if you're interested in this one, just keep that in mind. Emerson Matsuchi, I didn't mention this, but he's the designer, also the designer of Spectre Ops and a lot of other games that are doing really well recently. So uh, a designer to keep your eye on. And Century Golem Edition, my number one most anticipated game of Gen Con 2017. Well, that was my list. I hope you found this entertaining and informative. If you're going to Gen Con, I would recommend you join our Slack group and hit us up on there if you want to meet us. And I will I will actually be running running the booth. I'll be in the booth, the Dice Tower booth, for an hour on Thursday uh, of Gen Con from 12 to 1. So if you want to come meet me, Chris and Tim won't be there yet. Um, you can find me at the Dice Tower booth from 12 to 1. Otherwise, just join our Slack group. There's a link to it on our guild. And from there, uh, you can chat with us. We we're, we all have that on our phones. We get instantly notified when someone posts a chat. So if you want to meet up with us or find us at the convention, hit us up in there and we'll do our best to to try to meet you guys. Or if you're the prophet, you'll just be in the same room as us when you're trying to find us because, you know, you're a prophet. Anyways, that's all for now. Thanks for listening and good night. <laughs>